With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz from our Fox Sports Radio studios for the July weekend. How's it going for the Schwartz family? What do you guys got planned on this 4th of July weekend, Jeff? Happy early birthday to you. Thank you. Is, is tomorrow. I know you, I believe you are on air tomorrow as well. So you have a full celebration of your birthday. Happy 4th of July to, to everyone. Um, we have a uh, family over. My parents are in town. So we're, we're enjoying that. Um, oh, we'll do something tomorrow. I would imagine my, it's interesting. My place, um, People just walk in the door. Like I, I don't know. Sometimes when people are coming over, they just like show up. Right. It's really interesting. My my parents mm. from Los Angeles, obviously, and yep, there they're they like are. they're just like not used to the door just being unlocked, mm-hmm. and people just like showing up. I'm like, oh hey, okay, cool. How you doing? Um, and then I played basketball today for the first time since March of 2020. So uh, it was uh, it was fun being back in the gym a little bit. It was a perfect a perfect two games for me. No one touched me. It was fabulous. I just kind of ran around, got my little run in, got my little shot, three shots in two games, grabbed a bunch of rebounds. Right. How, just, how's your cardio? How's the cardio? I mean, you know, going up and down a basketball court, are you playing half court or? We no, full court. Full I mean, court. Look, look, wow. It's, but it's at the JCC, so the, okay. the court's not a full size. I sure. mean, it's like, it's a little shorter. Um, yeah, up and down the court, it's my legs, man. My stamina, my 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 lungs are fine. We're fine. It's like my legs are just destroyed today, but... I knew that I'd be sitting in a chair talking sports with you for two hours, so I figured, <laughs> why not give the legs a good workout, come home, talk sports as usual. There's so much to talk about. Um, and the best part about like this time of year, this specific year, is most years, Steve, this is really dead, right? We, right. The, all, the All-Star Game in baseball is always the next week, right? It's always around – my birthday is July 11th. It's always around July 11th, typically a little bit afterwards, and it is. It's in two weeks, basically. But we have – NBA playoffs, 
We have NHL playoffs, which are essentially over now as Tampa's up 3 nothing. We have baseball, and there's stories in baseball. We have name, image, and likeness for, for NCAA, and we're, as, as that has taken a hold since Thursday. There's, like, deals everywhere to be had, I think, and we've seen some deals. And just it's a great time to talk sports, and it's fabulous. Absolutely. In fact, I, I want to start with the NBA playoffs right now because we obviously have an update uh, Giannis will not play game six as no the Bucks surprise. try to move on to the NBA finals. And uh, just backing track, when you saw Giannis and that hyperextended knee injury, I mean, the fact that there wasn't a more serious injury to me is a miracle, to be honest with you. Once I saw that knee started hyperextending the wrong way, you were fearing the worst. Um, but that kind of an injury... In fact, we've been, we, we've been talking about injuries throughout this entire NBA playoffs, right? We were trying to figure out, could Kawhi Leonard come back? Well, he never did come back, and the Clippers season is now over. He was never coming back. Well, that was the whole point, but we still do not know the yeah. extent of that injury. You know, yeah. all we got was it was a knee sprain. That's the only thing to this day that we ever heard from the Clippers is that he had not for, uh, suffered a knee sprain. But was it ACL? What was the extent of the injury? Obviously, he never played a second in that series against Phoenix. Now we have the same thing with Trey Young right now. So Giannis is definitely out of Game Six today, but Trey Young is questionable. So we don't know yet yeah. whether or not. Obviously, if you have a healthy Trey Young or even a 75% Trey Young, that would obviously give Atlanta a much better opportunity, especially playing at home, to force a game seven. So I know that you've always looking to, and later on we'll give us some insight on some of your best bets of the weekend here, but how, how much can you hold out hope, or do you even dare so, if it's like a game-time decision on whether or not Trey Young's going to play tonight? Well... Not to spoil anything, and I will not. I, I bet on a team right after Game Five ended. So um, for for Game Six, knowing the line would would move, I think you can get a hint on where I'm going here. Would move in a direction. I bet that immediately right. after Game Five. Atlanta's um, a two point favorite in knowing, this game. Knowing that Giannis mm-hmm. was probably not going to play. Look, I know they said no structural damage, and that's great news. Um, but there's still going to be a lot of swelling in that knee, right? Absolutely. And that's, and that's that's a concern. Yeah. Whether or not the structural damage there was there was you know, trauma to the knee. And so it's hard to get swung out of a knee, right? You're up on your feet all day. So he has, he basically has to be on his back all day and work on in treatment. And then, you know, when he goes out to move, he will get swelling back into his knee, right? So it's a tough kind of, it's, it's a tough routine to go through to where he's able to play. Trey Young has a bone bruise and bone bruises guys can be really painful, but then they're not really painful, right? Like mm-hmm. they can just flip a switch and then all of a sudden be fine. And so if his bone bruise, if he wakes up this morning, his bone bruise is fine or at least manageable enough to play, then, he, then he'll play. But nonetheless, I think Atlanta is in a great spot tonight because um, one thing we know about the NBA playoffs, and it's why home court advantage is important and maybe more so now that we have fans back in the crowd, but the role players tend to play better at home, right? We look yes. at game four. Mm-hmm. In game four, now, Milwaukee, the first half, that was one of the most embarrassing first halves I think we've seen of basketball all season, right? Giannis was playing. You had a chance to come out without Trey Young in the game and take a stranglehold of the Hawks early on and end that series right there. But they didn't. And we know that the Hawks came out. They shot really well. They're at home. They kind of had that, that, that okay, Trey Young's out game. Let, like, let's, let's everyone play better this game. And they did it. 
And then last game in game five, I mean, Brooke Lopez had 33 points, 32 points. Well, not only only that, he played defense. I mean, we were trying – my son's a big Laker fan. I go, do you remember Brooke ever playing defense with Lakers? He goes, never. Zero, and he's blocking shots. I was crazy. He he went back in the post. Yes. he, He was like a big guy. And then we saw, you know, Drew Holiday have near 30 points. And all the Atlanta role players didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. So I expect that to, to turn tonight, where the Atlanta role players at home go back to playing better than they did in Game 5. However, I do think tonight's game is going to be pretty ugly if both stars do not play, right? We, we saw the Game 4 boost, kind of the mental boost of, okay, we have to do this without Trey Young if you were the Atlanta Hawks, you're at home. We saw the Game 5, kind of the, the boost we see often in sports, the first game someone's out, right? Giannis is out. Everyone's paid, paid, everyone picked up the slack. They went out, and they played really well. So I think tonight's an uglier game, but the winner, in my opinion, will be Atlanta. Then we go to Game 7, and if it's Trey Young in that game and not Giannis, which I think we're trending in that direction, uh, I think Atlanta wins a series, which is shocking as the fifth seed in the East. Um, and... I, <laughs> I think it's unfortunate for the NBA. I mean, I feel like a, a Giannis Bucks team would be a better matchup for the Suns. But nonetheless, Atlanta, look, you can't, they're winning the games that are in front of them, and, and you can't fault them for that. Yeah, I, I, I've gone back and forth on this whole notion about how legit this year's NBA champion is going to be, considering <sighs> the fact that they jammed this season in the way they did, and we lost so many stars for big portions of the season. And the Phoenix Suns took advantage. I mean, they took advantage. They should have. They would have lost in the first round. Look, let's face it. If Anthony Lakers Davis had them, been yes. healthy, the way the Lakers handled him in games two or three of that series, and he had huge gains in both those games, that would have been the end of the Suns right there. But they survived that. They take on a Denver team, sweep them without Jamal Murray, and then they take care of the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. So, I, I you know, from a player's perspective, and that's what I always counter because I feel like I'm the fan's perspective – I'm a little back and forth. Now, if I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, I'm saying, hey, you know what? I mean, the fact that we were able to stay healthy and you guys weren't, that's not our fault. We we got to play whoever's there in front of us. And knowing the Suns have never won a championship, it's their first time in the NBA Finals since 1993, the Suns are like, we, we don't want to hear anybody asterisk or anything like that. We're legit. And I'm tending to lean that way because it just – it's one of those – situations where there's been such widespread injury to so many star players. And it also reminds you, by the way, of the kind of weight these star players carry night in and night out. When when you talk about guys that are putting up, you know, 25, 30 points a night, double-digit rebounds and assists, playing both ends of the court, and you're asked to do that like every other night, your, your body can only hold up so much. And that, that's this, to me, was an illustration of just the value of these star players and how demanding it is. When you're a role player and you're putting in 15, 20 minutes a night, yeah, you could skate through a season. But when you're asked to play 35, 40 minutes a night and put up all those kind of numbers, it takes its toll. And so this was predictable when the season began. We saw the schedule, how the NBA was trying to jam these 72 games in a season that was shortened by six weeks, all to accommodate you know, getting NBA players on this Olympic team. Uh, it was predictable. So I, I've gone back and forth, but I, I am now going to say whether it's Milwaukee, Atlanta, or Phoenix, crown champion, they earned it, okay? And it, it no asterisk. You know, it might be a one-year deal most likely for these teams, but considering the attrition that we've seen across the board in the NBA, 
just to stay healthy enough to win a championship, I give him credit. Steve, I played four years in college. Uh, you can count all the years I played in high school as well. Four years of sports in high school. I played yep. mostly football and, and, and basketball and baseball in high school. Four years in college and eight years in the NFL. I don't think I won a championship at any of those any of those places. I know definitely in the NFL in college I did not. We didn't win a Pac-12 championship. We won some bowl games. Uh, and the NFL is 0 for 3 in the playoffs. I do not care how you get a championship. Yep. If you are a Phoenix Suns player, Atlanta Hawks player, a Milwaukee Bucks player, you should make zero excuses None. for winning a championship. That's our job is to make the excuses. Yeah. That's our job to rank you, you know, all-time great winners. But in the end, guess what? You have that ring. You have that trophy. Your family, your kids, your fans, whoever else that, that supports you does not care how you get it done. Look, there are champions, you know, Jordan, LeBron. People give LeBron crap about his championships all the time. You're going to get you're gonna get it all. The only the only athlete I can think of that never is Jordan. Like who else? Tom Brady. Oh, system quarterback. It's all Bill Belichick. It's all the defense, especially the first three of them. Right? It wasn't Tom Brady. He just was being carried by the defense. Jordan's the only athlete I think. Where we're like, oh yeah, he won six. Like good for him. Everyone else was always an asterisk, an excuse put on there. But for the players, man, good for them. I if I was Chris Paul. And you win a championship. I'm like, I'm not astering that that championship. Nah. You have been able to run the gauntlet of teams, and you have done a good job. Maybe, you know, maybe in a private moment, you might say, "Yeah, we probably lose the Lakers." You know, but in a private moment, as you're, as you're drinking after the game, and and a family member asks you that, whatever it is, but it doesn't matter. Win the championship, and then it's our job to say, "Oh, well, the Suns are the worst championship team uh, since 1978." All right, well, in, in the end. They, they can put the ring on the middle finger and, 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 you know, and give it to me, right? Like, they have the championship ring. I don't. No one else does this season. So, again, I, I think that it's an odd season. To your point, it's probably a one-off champion. Whoever wins this year most likely is not going to be back in the same place next season, uh, which is different for the NBA. I mean, the Raptors, obviously, 18 right. was, was one of those teams, you know, Cleveland with LeBron, but that was the second time coming through, and they had chance, you know, more chance to win. You know, the eleven Mavericks, but they, you know, the Mavericks were good for for many years. You know, the, the team that wins this year, Atlanta, the Bucks, the Suns. I think there's no guarantee the Bucks maybe, but but really, there's no guarantee they're back in the same spot next season. So, uh, but cherish it, man. If you're a Suns fan and you haven't been in the finals in 28 years, and half your roster wasn't even born then, have the most fun the next couple of weeks and. If your team wins, you have won a legitimate championship. It is a fact, though. Phoenix did not make the playoffs last year. Remember, they won 8-0 in the bubble, but it was not enough to get into the playoffs. So they had added rest that some of those other teams did not. And if Atlanta gets there as well, another team that was fully rested after what happened last year. All right, we got more NBA coming up a little bit later on. But there's one major subject that's getting a lot of attention right now. The green light finally happened on July 1st for college athletes to use their name, image, and likeness for profit. There seems to be a lot of confusion, even amongst those student-athletes, on how they make the money that's promised them down the road. We'll do our best to explain how this is all going to work and whether this is the end-all, end-all to solve the financial troubles that are facing collegiate sports. Coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz with you on this Saturday. Hope you're enjoying the start of your 4th of July weekend. I actually have a uh, good story for myself here. Now, tomorrow is my birthday, 4th of July, which is always a good thing. Uh, but the big thing for me this weekend is Monday is a holiday with uh, the 4th of July falling on a Sunday, Jeff, meaning... I actually have a day off, which you know I don't have many days off. And if I'm going to have a day off, Monday's definitely the day I like to have off because of my crazy schedule where I do television work until midnight on Sunday nights, drive back to San Diego, get in about 2 o'clock in the morning, and do an immediate turnaround to do a 6 a.m. morning show. So I never go to bed on Sunday nights. I just work right on through 26 hours until I get off at 9 o'clock, then I do a little nap. I do not have to do that this weekend. That, but I can go back to San Diego and actually have my head hit the pillow. So that's, that's a perfect handle, birthday gift. How are you going to handle not working? You, you are a, mm. a man who enjoys, like I have six hours of radio yeah. on, on Monday, which mm. is, I love, I love this time of year. I get to do a lot I more I have some work. double shifts next week. I make up okay. for it. You, I have double make, shifts on Thursday. I have a double shift, morning and afternoon drive. And Friday, I do the morning show and the midday show. So there you go. As, as, football, <laughs> as football approaches. Yes. What time of year do you guys start transitioning in San Diego? I know there's no team, obviously. Well, that's a big difference. I mean, obviously, we, I put it this way. Back in the old days in San Diego, we would transition in April. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Padres were so irrelevant. I, I can't overstate just how insignificant the Padres were. So by the time we get to the draft, that was pretty much it for the Padres. Uh, I, I don't even exaggerate that. Like, there would be almost zero mention 
So, you know, now that the Padres are more than relevant, obviously, I mean, they have been one of the marquee teams in all of baseball. The timing could not be more perfect. But now it's a lot different. I mean, the Chargers are so far in the rearview mirror in San Diego now, especially with the retirement of Phillip Rivers. He was sort of like the last, you know, true Charger, San Diego Charger people hang hung on to. So, the, you know, we'll, we'll be like anybody else, you know, that doesn't have an NFL team. We'll get into late July. Pretty much because right now in, in, let's say, a city like San Diego that only has a Major League Baseball team, it's the only team, by the way, only city that has a Major League Baseball team that does not have an NBA, NHL or NFL team. And so, you know what we're going to be talking about in July, the trade deadline. Like, are, are they going to make some deals? Uh, your Giants, obviously, are trying to hold themselves together right now. The Dodgers, obviously, what we knew were going to be there. So that's that's where we're at. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be, you know, unless there's some real breaking news in the month of July, our focus is going to be pretty much more on what's going to happen at the trade deadline, Major League Baseball. Interesting. I, I didn't know that that baseball would carry an entire show. It, it, it it's not easy. No offense, no offense to baseball fans out there. I'm a big. I got I got the Yankees game on. They're about to fire everyone. They're down six nothing already today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Down to the Mets, no less. They yeah, are. By the way, good. just a quick baseball note before we get to this name, image, likeness. I mean Shohei Otani, right? Ooh. I mean two more home runs. That's thirty home runs. He's only the third guy in the last 10 years that goes into the All-Star break. And obviously, we got a lot of games till the All-Star break. Uh, we got until next Sunday, the 11th, before we get to the All-Star break. I mean, this guy is just, he is That's... beyond. Now, he did get lit up the other day. The Yankees got to him on the mound. But yeah, um, what this sure. guy is doing, there there is no precedence. Everyone keeps talking about no, Babe nothing. Ruth in 1919. It, no, it's not nothing. Nothing, nothing is no. close to this guy. And by the way, how about Joe Madden, his manager, who has given him this opportunity to be an everyday guy? He says, now he's already been voted in as the DH for the All-Star team. He won the vote for that. So he's already a starter in the All-Star game as a DH. But he has told Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, who's the manager of the American League team, use him. Use him as a pitcher. Put him out. Oh, yeah. Showcase this guy. And I, I love that. I, baseball should do everything they can to showcase Otani. And I oh. think, and I actually think out of you know, him, you know, Mike Trout doesn't feel like he wants a spotlight. I think like, Otani enjoys a spotlight. Last night, two home runs and then the game winning run, he scored from second base on like a on like a, a routine ground ball. The the, yeah. the 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 right fielder had the ball and plenty of time to throw him out, but Otani is so fast, um, he made it home. He's a pleasure to watch. His home runs, they don't just they don't just eke over the fence. They are monster home runs. And all yesterday the time. he he pulled one and then he hit opposite field. Yeah. It, and it's it, still carried for distance. It looks like a metal bat sometimes he's hitting with, especially <laughs> when he inside out. You know, he insides out to pitch to left field. You're like, that doesn't look like it's supposed to look. So is a is a great story. Uh he's he's raking the ball. I've actually thought sometimes that if, if he were to learn to play, let's say, outfield, mm-hmm. because when he pitches and they take him out of the game, he can't hit anymore, right? He's, he, you know, they, right. they lose the DH for that game. Right. But he's such a valuable asset. If they were good, I think he would find a way to, to teach him to play left field and just put him like in left field after he pitches and then lose. And then, no, 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 no. Here's how they're doing this. Okay. So he normally, when you have a pitcher, you know, all except when Otani's pitching, you have a DH. Right. They don't do that. So he's a pitcher. He can switch positions in a game. Right. 
No, so he, that's my point. Yeah, is no, that when he's done pitching, he can go to losing, right field. Or, right. Absolutely. Yeah, instead of losing him, right. to hit the rest of the game because you bring in a reliever. But he can't go to DH because you're not using a DH. Right. No, I know. I know. That's, that's the what, point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should yeah. play at the outfield. Right. He in left field absolutely. for three innings, yeah. so he can still hit. Because I think if they were good, Joe Madden might explore that. Because how valuable would that be? To have Otani batting the eighth or ninth inning, if you're down a run or down two runs, sure, uh, to just teach him how to play outfield and, and let him play outfield in those games, it, it's a, it's remarkable. Um, and I hope that that baseball and Otani embrace him being the face of what's happening this season. Right? Let's stop talking about the sticky stuff and yeah. who's being suspended and who's not. There's only been one guy suspended for rosin on the back of his glove. Like it's a silly suspension. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about all the young we have. Baseball has a good crop of young players, man. Like yeah. baseball should embrace Tatis Jr. Let me tell you yes. about Fernando Tatis Jr. And again, going the extra mile for for years and years. Cal Ripken was the epitome of what you're supposed to do as a star player in baseball. He would tirelessly after every game. Memory played 2,632 consecutive games. Sign autographs. Be with the people. This young guy that I got to getting to know here and what he's doing, and he does the same thing, I'm telling you, Jeff. Fernando Tatis Jr., he comes out, he, he does all the extra things. He gets it. He understands that he's not just the face of the Padres, that he is someone they're counting on in Major League Baseball to go the next mile, and he is doing it. He's taking that responsibility. Mind-blowing, considering this kid is 22 years old. The guy was born in 1999, all right? And oh, yeah. he is... And that's what you need. And and Otani is such an okay. He has such an engaging personality. I mean, yes. they love people. They love this. So you have guys. See, Mike Trout's been a reluctant guy. He's not really into doing the PR stuff. And then other guys, maybe they don't quite have the right personality. You got two guys just here, and there's others. Believe me, a lot of great young talent in baseball. But when you look at Otani, when you look at Tatis, they're the complete package. They got everything so if you can't figure out a way to market your sport when you got guys like this then you need new people running your league because these guys are sent from god in in an essence i'm with you man i I love watching them play and i love the thing i love most I, i think is that they play the game the way that I think youngsters play the game now, which is yes. with emotion. Mm-hmm. And look like they're having fun playing baseball. Yes. And they, you know, when there's a big home run, there's a bat flip. And there's, you know, uh, Tatis does that little kind of trot mm-hmm. over the bases sometimes, yeah. a little hezzy trot. A little, a little like, hesitation yeah, going into like, third is what he Exactly. Yeah. Like, I ju- it's just the best that, that we are embracing, at least <laughs> they don't have a choice maybe, but there's there's em- embracing of of this fun way to play baseball and baseball needs that a lot and i really like watching it oh yeah absolutely all right we, i know we were going to talk about name image and likeness we got baseball news all over the place we have such a little light time here jeff every saturday all right we'll try to squeeze everything in but first let's find out what's trending right now we bring on david gascon so what do you make of this whole Otani thing? Hey, I've been talking about it for the last two years. Yeah. So I've been there. I was. But remember last year he had less than 200. He, yeah. never, he never got going during the the brief season. And some people were questioning whether Otani was ever going to be that guy well, the, that we saw signs of as a rookie. Well, the problem was is that he had the elbow problem. Yeah. Which obviously derailed his season two years ago. And just getting acclimated to the game here in the United States, completely different than playing in the Asian market. So 
I mean, it takes them a little while, but of course you need to understand how you're getting pitched to as well. Mm-hmm. And when I watch him swing, he is a supersized version of Ichiro. Yeah. Same swing, obviously different kind of power, different kind of size, but he crushes. And then, of course, the problem for him is just his accuracy with his fastball. Like He's got some control problems. He had that a couple years ago with his fastball, but his secondary pitches are great. But he's got so many of them. He's got like five pitches that he does throw. Yeah, they were showing a side-by-side when Darvish first came up uh, with the Rangers, and and Darvish has so many pitches. It's ridiculous. And sometimes you figure, well, maybe he's got too many things going on. But their, their pitching style very similar so like you say it's like he's a he's a bigger version of Darvish on the mound and Darvish is a big guy yeah and then as you mentioned with Ichiro at the plate so yeah and the one thing they talked about with Darvish Tanaka and and Otani is their their usage with split balls with splitters yeah so their splitters obviously will have an impact like a curveball on your elbow and so mm. I mean obviously a guy like this that that's someone that you need on the field all the time. The one guy you you guys did not mention, Mm. north of the border, yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, he's uh, a superstar. No question about that. He's uh, top two in the league in everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that guy is is obviously – I mean, he could win the Triple Crown in the American League this year. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) if you do that – and you talk about him and Otani, those are two teams that probably won't be in contention when the season ends for the – AL West and the AL East division titles. Mm-hmm. So unfortunate, right? That's okay. I mean, Otani's war right now is like six. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy uh, at the war level he's got. So unbelievable talent. Now, for as good as you guys had mentioned with the excitement of bat flips and whatnot, that's exactly why we need pitching to run up and in on these hitters. Mm. All right. These guys are too comfortable at times. I'm for that, man. I'm old that. school. I'm high and tight. <laughs> Got to have it. Guys, uh, on the pitch right now, England taking care of business. Sterling, though, plays the ball in. Here is Harry Kane. England leads. What the perfect start. England lead by goal to nil. Just over three minutes played. And Harry Kane throwing the ball past Bouchian. That's the start that England wanted. One nil against Ukraine. A little excitement there in the 33rd minute. England won nothing over Ukraine. Earlier today, Denmark beat Czech Republic. 2-1 was the final score. And, of course, Major League Baseball right now. Mets are clobbering the Yankees. 8 to nothing is the score. Guys, this is in the home half of the sixth inning. Ugly. Back to you guys. All right, David. Thank you very much. All right, N-I-L. You're going to see those three letters together quite a bit. Nil, 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 nil. It's name, image, and likeness. And on Thursday, it was day one uh, for the license, not in every state, by the way, but in many states, for the student athletes to explore opportunities to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And let's preface this by saying, Jeff, this is not – And in any way, the NCAA paying athletes. In fact, this is what they're hoping will get people off their back about paying uh, these athletes money if they're allowed to somehow use their name, image, and likeness for profit. And the first thing that hit me immediately was, if I have a product that I want to have endorsed by a collegiate athlete, I need a collegiate athlete that's already got plenty of exposure on social media. Because that's the advertising route for that generation, right? I mean, that is, 
If you're yeah. going to promote something using a collegiate athlete, it ain't the old TV or the radio like the old timers. No, 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 no. You need to be able to use social media. We had these twin basketball players at Fresno State, right? And they've already got a huge following on TikTok. Yeah, three million followers. Yeah. And now they sign on. And so you can do that kind of stuff. But before we get into any more specifics, I'd love to get your overview, Jeff, yeah. on just what you make of the NIL, name, image, likeness, and whether this is going to have a major impact in terms of collegiate athletes subsidizing their income. Well, I think it's long overdue for this to happen. And again, it's quite simply that in any other walk of life, you're allowed to get marketing dollars based off your name and likeness, advertising dollars, marketing dollars. You're allowed to, to make to profit just by being yourself. And in college sports for so long, that was illegal. California, other states put through bills and it started July 1st. Now, you mentioned the states, right? It's pretty interesting. So not all states have either laws on the books, bills on the books, or executive order for name and likeness. However, the NCAA is allowing it. So there's a lot of gray area here because a lot of people are confused. Who's running the show here? Is it, are the states running the show? Is the NCAA running the show? Is the NCAA deferring to the states, which I think they, that's really what's happening right now? And if your state doesn't have name, image, and likeness, which, again, it doesn't really need it, right? It doesn't need name, image, or likeness. It's doing this because the NCAA refused to do it themselves, right? Because, again, it, there's no there's no law or rule or, or prohibition from anyone on an academic scholarship from making money off their name, image, and likeness. You know, if you are on scholarship for playing an instrument and, and you, get, you, know, a, a, you book a gig while you're in college for playing an instrument – there's nothing that says you can't do that, right? But if you're an athlete and you do the same thing, you have a football camp, you couldn't do that paid football camp till now. So what we've seen so far, and Steve, you're exactly right. The people and players, and it's a disproportionately higher amount of Olympic sport athletes and female basketball players, the uh, the ladies who have huge Instagram followings, huge TikTok followings, and all of that. And we're seeing so far, you mentioned the twins from Fresno State. There's a, gym, a gymnast from uh, uh, LSU as well. There's, there's a bunch of players, and they have huge Instagram followings, huge TikTok followings, and they're getting huge deals. And bravo for them, right? Using their brand, they're building their brand up, and they're getting deals for that. We've seen other deals too. We saw an Arkansas football player make a deal with PetSmart because of his, of his Husky that he has. Uh, we've seen today even uh, Raising Cane's, the restaurant um, and chain, Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma quarterback, did a deal as far as two other guys. I think LSU's quarterback was one of the players as well. Derek King, the Miami quarterback, has four deals so far. Plus, I heard there's a lot more coming for him. Like, he might – it's a lot. It's A lot's coming. So, I think what we're seeing now is what I thought was going to happen, Steve, was that a lot of players who have the Instagram following – again, especially outside of football and basketball – are going to strike it big because of social media. All right. So – there's a couple of caveats here. One is the fact that you can't use any logo or Correct. any gear from your university in terms of promoting yourself because of the trademark. It would be simple. The university says, look, if you want to use it, then, you know, you got to give us a, a percentage of the money. So that's, in fact, we had a Clemson wide receiver to try to get a deal where he was manufacturing his own brand and he was doing it using the Clemson gear and immediately was told, no, can't do that. You, you can't 
You can't go to, let's say, an autograph show to make money wearing the gear of your university. So that's a We're bit just... of a tricky, tricky thing. But let me let, let me get to something else I was thinking about during the week. All right, let, let's be 100% honest about this. As far as male athletes and female athletes and just male collegiate students, female collegiate students, those that are most successful on the female side on social media are attractive women. Okay, What's so when you have them, okay, I'm not indicting them, but <laughs> I'm saying that usually how you get a lot of followers on social media, if you're a college age woman, is your attractiveness. That's your number one ticket and nothing wrong with that. It's just what it is on the male side. However, those that get the most eyeballs on social media are those that do crazy things. You know what I'm talking about. Those that have become superstars of social media, guys in their early 20s, late teens, are the guys that are doing crazy things. Now, if you are an athlete by nature at the collegiate level, you've already assumed a certain level of ego. You've also assumed a certain level of invincibility. Here's one of my concerns if I were these universities and monitoring what exactly it is you're doing to create a lot of followers on social media and getting sponsorships for that that's putting money in your pocket. How crazy are you getting? In other words, if you're an athlete saying, well, you know, I saw these other guys doing some crazy stuff and I know I'm a better athlete. I could do that as well. How much money are you going to pay me? And, you know, you start dangling money at college kids. Boy, they'll do some crazy things. I would be a little concerned. And it only takes a couple of these guys to say, wow, you mean I can make all that money if you ask me to do this? Heck, yeah, I'll do that. And then we have some kind of uh, unfortunate situation. That is one thing that just hit me immediately that I would have a concern and why it's so important for these universities to really monitor what it is that these student athletes are doing to get themselves money in their pockets. Look, Steve, um, I, I don't think it's our responsibility to to monitor how crazy they get on social media. I mean, that that's their own choice, right? If right? they decide that that's what they want their brand to be, then that's their decision, right? And if it affects their athletic ability, uh, athletic uh, opportunities, then that's on them. And I'm sure there are going to be players – and a small percentage of players, well, this might happen, right? You might do something endorsing on social media that doesn't fit what the brand of your college is or what you want to do uh, in the future and how you want to act. And what you, and, and it's going to cost you an opportunity to play football or play basketball. And that's something that they have to live with. And that's part of of the pitfalls that could be named in July. So, I mean, look, if there are brands that – you don't feel comfortable with endorsing, but you do anyways, and it ends up costing you. And probably few and far between. But this is where the schools are going to have to be really smart with how they um, help these players with with not really compliance office, but someone who it can be an advisor. And we're seeing, by the way, that there are companies sprouting up in this market. We're also seeing agencies. I saw CAA. I saw Lee Steinberg. Um, I've seen some agents who are creating name, image, and likeness divisions, essentially marketing divisions, sure. um, for these players to Absolutely. give them guidance. And that's obviously a way to get those players eventually to hopefully sign with you to to, to represent them in, in their sports. So if some kids make mistakes, that, that's going to happen. Um, but I don't think it's going to be 
that many. And also, Steve, I don't think it's going to be as big, right? So far, we've seen big deals happen for the social media stars and for quarterbacks, which is sort of what I expected, right? Exactly. We've seen smaller deals here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a couple thousand dollars probably to go to a fireworks stand that was an Iowa basketball player. You know, we've seen players with promo codes on, on Instagram and whatnot. But I don't think there's a big market for players already at their school. Now, I think there would be a big market for, for recruited players, right? Once, you, once you're at your school, okay, your, your brand is important, but the brand of the school is also important, right? If you're an Oregon football player, that Oregon brand carries some weight. And I think you kind of get lost if you're, in, if you're looking for you know, uh, advertising money if you kind of have to take that Oregon brand off you to actually do something for that brand, right? So now recruits, though, to get them to come to your school, I could see this being a big benefit, right? Okay, hey, hey, so-and-so, we'll give you, oh. you know, $100,000. I'll use Nike, for example, as an Oregon guy I am. Nike decides they want to open up a you know, name and likeness factory and they want to pay X amount of players this money to be Nike deals or whatever they want to do. That's where I think, because once you're already at the school, if you're a booster, how much do you really want to pay a guy who's already there? Now, it might affect the transfer market, fair enough. But if he's already there, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, in a lot of boosters, I see this, this fear-mongering, Steve, of, well, it's going to pull money away from the athletic departments. No, it's not. If you, have, if you are a booster that can only afford, or, or a company that can only afford to pay either some marketing deals for a player or pay the football program, you, the, the football program doesn't worry about you. You're small potatoes, right? If you're a big company, a big brand who gives money to the athletic department, you can do both. You have enough money to do both, right? So th- there's no revenue law. Like, like Nike's not going to stop giving Oregon money to pay individual players who have no national brand for them. Like, that's silly, right? Why are we fear-mongering with this stuff? Well, and, and the bottom line here, Jeff, is, <laughs> is that – they're going to be monitoring this. If these investments in these student athletes don't actually result in profit, they're going to pull them. I mean, so this idea that this is just, you know, all going to all work out, we'll see. I mean, early on, they're going to jump on early. They'll test the water. All right, let's see if this actually works for us right. in promoting through these student athletes. If it doesn't, they'll pull the money. All right, on the other side, did you know, because I didn't know this, that smoking pot makes you faster. Did you know this? I didn't know this. Um, we got one of the most outrageous decisions by the IOC ever coming up next. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Shakari Richardson Won the 100 meters at the United States Olympic Trials. She is one of the exciting young stars in track and field, no question about that. She's got the great speed. She's got the fashion sense. She's got everything. And it turned out she tested positive for marijuana, which means that her participation in the trials never happened, and she will not participate in the 100 meters in the Tokyo Olympic Games. There is a chance, though, she could make the team as part of the relay team. That's up to the United States Olympic Committee. But I'm going to get back to this whole notion that somehow the use of marijuana is a performance-enhancing drug. I'm not quite sure why is this banned, because I don't think anybody can say to any degree that smoking pot is going to make you faster. No, it's a silly argument. Uh, And two things are true here. One... Is that it's it's really it's silly is the best word to, to put it that we are testing for marijuana and suspending players in twenty twenty one. I get it; it's not legal federally, and this was not even the decision of a U.S. body, right? It was right. it was WADA and, and IOC. So it's, it's silly that this is even a thing. But also, you know, when you know you're getting drug tested, you can't use marijuana, right? As much as you think that it's it's a, a stupid rule, which it is. I, I don't disagree with that. I say this, you know, when NFL players, go, go, you know, test positive for weed at the combine, it's like, you know, it's coming, right? You, you know, you're getting tested. And I empathize, you know, I, I empathize with her reasoning for wanting to use marijuana. It's much better than using anything else, really, right. uh, for those for those symptoms. Um, and I, I, again, I, 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 it just shouldn't be tested for. And, and again, you know when it's gonna, ha- your you know your your test is gonna happen too. So mm-hmm. I mean, and she basically admitted, yeah. I mean, I knew what I was doing, right? And and so it's unfortunate that she got suspended for this. And I'm not a rules or rules guy. I mean, I, I think that's that's silly. It's a silly rule. Um, you shouldn't have to need to change it. But I mean, 
those that's what happened. And and fortunately, I think she'll still get to race for part of the Olympics, which is great. Um, but this should be abolished. Get rid of the, the marijuana testing. Yeah, very much. And by the way, I'm a little concerned. She didn't seem overly distraught about it. She's only 21. She goes, well, there's other Olympics, but she's going to find out. There's no guarantee about making Olympic teams with a trial. All right, baseball. Some really good news, but a big story looming. Oh, yes. Rolling on here on this Saturday amidst of this 4th of July weekend. Harbin and Schwartz with you. By the way, for hot water that never runs out, go tankless with Navian. Navian tankless water heaters provide endless hot water for spa-like comfort. Visit tanklessmadesimple.com and save hundreds with local rebates. Tanklessmadesimple.com. Are you watching any tennis? You watch Wimbledon I've at all? I've some. Um, mostly because I've been working this week during the afternoons on the East Coast and there's nothing else on TV. Like there's no other sports on. So I'll throw some tennis on. I watched a little bit with my son this morning as he went to like a tennis camp last week and was interested. Uh, I guess it's ha- I got the soccer match on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like ha- no one has uh, has gotten hurt so badly than pop back up yet that I've seen so far. So that's a good start. But yeah, like I put the Wimbledon on. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, against tennis. I just don't watch it very much. Yeah, I, I enjoy Wimbledon. I like to look at the grass. I don't know. Something about the whole... Well, the dress is all dead already. Well, but, I mean, I understand that happens. It's just that there's so much tradition. I, I love, you know, we talk about the Masters and how it hangs on to certain traditions, doesn't really change over time. Wimbledon's been very much the same way. You have to wear white. I mean, yeah, it w- seems silly in this day and age to hang on to some traditions, but I, for one, like it. And I like to see certain things that you know, set a certain tournament apart from other tournaments. And Wimbledon, to me, just brings everything. I mean, if you if you have any, even the slightest bit of interest in tennis, uh, Wimbledon really is the ultimate. There's there's no question. Yeah, I, I could never play Wimbledon, not because I'm not good at tennis, but because the all-white thing, man. I, I'm way too fat. <laughs> I look like a big marshmallow out there, which we just we can't we can't have happening. Yeah, man, your size in all white. I I don't know. It would that not would... go very well. No. <laughs> all right, I we have to address a story that absolutely nobody's comfortable with. Yes. But this is this is a surreal story where Major League Baseball is trying to figure out what exactly do we do with this story, and that is a story involving Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer. So if you haven't been following the story, there were two alleged incidents that took place at Bowers' home in Pasadena with a woman on both April 21st and May 16th. And the background of them getting together is, is that she had been texting him, I guess they met at some point, and that she wanted to have rough sex. She wants into specifics about give me all the pain and choke me out. Now, my first thought on something like this, let's say you meet a woman, and let's go back to your single days, Jeff, right? And anyone that's been a bachelor over the years, and I, I've encountered some interesting <laughs> women. Um, yes. But my thinking here is, all right, here's this woman, and she's asking me to do all these things. And I'm also making $40 million this year and $45 million next year. I'm the highest paid player in all of Major League Baseball. My initial reaction was, hey, you know what? I'm flattered, but mm, I, I'm pass. I'm going to pass on that. Well, not only did Trevor Bauer not pass, he engaged fully on this woman 
and he's not denying any of it. So think about this. They had the first encounter. He literally chokes her unconscious with her own hair, and then she asked for a follow-up date. That's where she says things got out of control because how there, how can there be consent to his actions based on me being unconscious? But here's here's what this is what gets to me about Trevor Bauer's stance on this. His only defense is is that well, look at the tag. She wanted me to do these things. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say somebody handed you a gun and said, "Hey, would you shoot me in the head?" Sure. Bang. Uh, am I liable for any of this? The fact is is that Trevor Bauer engaged in an abusive way to a woman, whether she gave the green light or not. You did things that you should never do to a woman, and this is something that he will have to move on with if he can. And I don't even know what you do with Major League Baseball just because a woman who apparently is giving the green light to be physically abused gives a player the green light to do it. Seems counterproductive to everything we talk about when we talk about women who are abused. We talk about constantly players involved in some kind of sexual misconduct in being abusive to women. The fact is he was to this woman by his account. And whether she gave the green light to it, to me, doesn't get him off the hook. Well, this is why the authorities will investigate and they'll come up with with their conclusion and baseball will use that to suspend Bauer. I I, um, often disagree with the way the NFL handles a lot of these because the NFL, which I know best, obviously, is a a football player and a league I cover. um, You know, I I think often the NFL goes about it the wrong way with they they do their own investigations and don't really listen to what the authorities say. And uh, but I will say they have a mechanism in place which is the commissioner's exemplist, which basically the commissioner puts a player on this list for an indefinite amount of time, and they're off the roster if they determine that they need to be off the roster while something is being investigated. Baseball only has a seven-day administrative leave, which they have given Trevor Bauer, so he will not pitch on Sunday. What do the Dodgers do after seven days? It has to be agreed upon between the team and the Players Association for a player to be on administrative leave essentially longer than seven days. It's happened a couple times before, um, but you know if Bauer's going to make the case that, hey, this is what she wanted, which, again, this is all allegations, and you can go read the article on The Athletic and go you know, judge for yourself what, what happened and, and whatnot. You know, it, what are the Dodgers going to do in that situation? Are they going to defer to the Pasadena police? Are they going to defer to what, what they've read on The Athletic? Are they going to defer to, to what, 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 what argument – are they going to make, I guess, if Bauer says, hey, I should be allowed to come back? Because in seven days, it's still going to be a six days whenever he comes back. His next starts, it's going to be a story, man. And um, baseball doesn't have the mechanism in place to let this play out before deciding whether or not Bauer will be suspended. Uh, or again, if he should. If you're the Dodgers, you're sitting there, okay, if you if you allow him to get back on the mound. Again, he's not power, denying. This, they, they, they don't have the power. Like this They is don't the, now because, but remember, when Dave Roberts was asked about this the day before Major League Baseball stepped in, he just deferred to Major League Baseball. Like, yeah, whatever they decide we're going to do. But, I mean, if Major League Baseball allows him to take the – what. Can't you imagine? I mean, this is a guy, again, he's not denying, but he's saying it was consensual. 
consensual. I mean, I, I, I don't. This in this day and age, you know, we, and the irony, of course, is that you know Bill Cosby gets let out of prison on a technicality. But if if we're if we're out to end this kind of, uh, of abuse, whether whether it was asked for or not, I don't understand how that's a defense. Well, it was consensual because she wanted it. I'm like, well, she clearly didn't because she's alleging that it went too far. Right? Yeah, but and the that's... first time they met, she got choked out by her own hair. And these, this is her account, and yet she came back a second I, time. I kind of have a firm policy of like whatever people do in their bedroom is up to them, like, right? I, like I, like I, just like it's, I've said this for many times about you know we saw Carl Nassib you know come out and I, 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 I dude, anyone can do whatever they want in their private. Like I, I do not care, and just like here, look, if she alleges and she does that it went further than what she asked for, then that's for the authorities to decide what to do in that situation um, and they'll investigate it and they'll, and they'll come forth with it. But I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, of Bauer now mm. what the Dodgers do, right? Because again, Dave Roberts deferred to baseball because this is what collectively bargained. They have to figure it out. Not Dave Roberts. I'm sure Dave Roberts and the Dodgers ownership and management could, could they suspend him? I guess, I guess they can do it. I, I don't, I don't know if the CBA allows that to, to happen again. The NFL, I disagree with the way they do their investigations, but they have the mechanism in place where they think it's smart, which is that, hey, we're going to put you on the shelf for right now while we figure out the, you know, while we investigate you or you're being investigated because the allegations are serious and it's best for you to not be on the team during this time. Baseball doesn't have that mechanism. And so in five days, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to handle the situation. And if, and if not, then Bauer's pitching in just a couple of, of, uh, of, of days again. All right. On the other side, I, I, it's a very uncomfortable story, but I'm I'm anxious to see how Major League Baseball handles this because <laughs> I just it just it, it's just mind blowing to me the, the the defense on Bauer's side. All right, here's a big question for you: Tomorrow's the Fourth of July, and the biggest sporting event tomorrow. You know what it is? It's the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> Here is the question. Is Joey Chestnut an athlete? Jeff Schwartz will give us the definitive answer coming up next. Can't wait. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. I want to have a gun, blow hot dogs into the stands. All right, let's let's call it what it is. It is the sporting event of the 4th of July, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And, you know, Jeff, this contest, actually, I, I did a little research on this. It actually began in 1967 when a 400-pound truck driver uh, it was about a total number of hot dogs consumed as opposed to a clock limit. But the modern era of this event started in 2001 with the arrival of Kobayashi. Kobayashi, in 2001, on that 4th of July, down 50 hot dogs, doubling the record. The record up until that time was 25 in 12 minutes. He had 50. So Kobayashi became the standard bearer of competitive eating. They called him the godfather. So for six years in a row, he is unchallenged. And then in 2007, the world was introduced to Joey Chestnut. And he has won 13 of the last 14 competitions. Only the stunning upset of Matt Stoney in 2015 interrupting that streak. Last year, an all-time record, 75 hot dogs consumed in 10 minutes. So, I ask you the question right now. You talk about dominance. Joey Chestnut has dominated this event, winning 13 out of 14. And it's obviously aired on ESPN. It's a, it's considered part of the competitive sports world. Do you consider Joey Chestnut, the king of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, to be an athlete? No. No. When... You're performing your sport. I think you have to be athletic to, you know, you have to be, you know, do athletic movements, be an athlete during your 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 play of your sport, right? Um, well, definitely impressive that you can guzzle down seventy hot dogs in a short amount of time, equally as gross. Um, you know, that doesn't make you an athlete. Now, I think he works out a bunch to be in shape so he can eat so much food and and not just. Correct blow up like a like a gluttonous pig and by the um, way kobayashi during the time he was uh, winning he out was a bunch right five eight 130 yeah. pounds and, and you know i mean obviously i think they work out the morning of, of probably the the you know and it look it does take some you know practice on how to chew you know efficiently and and you know swallow all that stuff i mean yeah you it, don't have a chance to chew you got to swallow no these you things. just like throw them down throw yeah. them down your throat um, you know, you wet the bun first and whatnot. I used to like this contest when I was a kid, but I just find it repulsive now. Um, I will not watch it again. I, if you would like to watch it, 
Uh, Steve, I don't know if you spend your birthday watching the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> I a have watched mine... it a number of times on the 4th of July. I will say this. A buddy of mine, Gary Miller, who worked with ESPN for years, one of the assignments yeah. Gary used to have was the hot dog eating contest. I said, how was it? He goes, let me tell you something. When you're that near to that stage, the smell it's not something you want to the smell is so overwhelming it's just it's just it's i'm fairly certain certain golik jr does it now and this he's the perfect guy to 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 be on the telecast for a hot dog eating contest um a buddy of mine who i trust in the uh, in the wagering world uh, wrote an article today on taking the under for hot dogs so what is it now he again last year which was an indoor event as you know uh, Chestnut did break the world record with 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. What's the over-under this year? I think he wrote this morning over, under 73.5 because wow. it was juiced too high to the over. Um, mm. So I didn't read the article. I probably <laughs> should. Um, but if you're looking to put a little a little moolah on uh, mm. on said, game, on said uh, hot dog eating contest, Steve, what is the, um, what's the most you've eaten in one sitting? As far as hot dogs no, are concerned? No, just anything. Anything. The most I've ever, I think last night was close. <laughs> I had this huge steak dinner and everything else. I, you know what? I, I want. I love food. I, when I see good food, I feel like I could eat everything out there. But uh, no, I, I will say this: when I was much younger, there's a place uh, here in Southern California. I know you're familiar with it. Is Tommy's Burgers? Oh yeah. All right. So Tommy Burgers are these chili burgers. And they've got big tomato on and everything else. I could eat four of those quite easily Ooh, back in the day. Him. And that's a pretty good haul of food. And at the time when I was in high school, what I weigh? About 150 pounds. So I, I could down food pretty good on my skinny frame at that time. But that's about the max. Now, you're you're obviously a, a much larger man than me. I can only imagine, uh, especially in your heyday, you know, in college, even high school, where you could just, you know, there was like no stopping you, right? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure in high school I had uh, – there was an all-you-can-eat sushi place called Todai. Mm-hmm. It was on Wilshire and Sentinella. And I'm fairly certain I, I could eat – this is high school, mind you. I would go – we used to be able to leave campus for high school Yeah. Uh, during lunch. I'd drive my car to the to the sushi place. I'd eat a lot of sushi, all-you-can-eat sushi, and then I'd go back to, to like baseball practice or whatever. I think I ate a hundred pieces of sushi. Wow, a hundred! Now, could you eat more than your brother? I mean, if we were to have no, so the, yeah, so Mitch eats much more than I do in a, in a specific setting. Okay, I just have like especially now I have like smaller meals now. Mm-hmm. Mitch might have like one giant meal a day. Um, there's a meal he had after his pro day at college that he won't tell me about. Like it was, so, I think it ended up being like three pizzas and like two things of cheese sticks, like something ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> The biggest meal I've had at any point I can remember since that sushi time was my wife and I were in Montreal, and my brother's teammate at the time, uh, Larry, you know, LDT, um, is from Montreal, and so we asked him where we go eat, and he sent us to this restaurant, and it was a five-course meal. It was incredible. It's one of the best things I've ever had in my life, but we had a lot of food that night, like a ridiculous amount of food, a painful amount of food. Um, it was five meal, five like full meals. It was a lot of food. Yeah, the uh, one of the most famous uh, for football players is the beef bowl at Lowry's, Lowry's for the bowl. the beef bowl. And uh, as someone that has eaten at Lowry's many times, uh, and the food is absolutely amazing. Uh, I do remember this because there was a 
offensive lineman named Ed Moransky. He played at the University of Michigan. He also played for the Raiders. He, he was like a backup. He was never really a star. And we're talking about, you know, 6'7", 280 pounds, you know, whatever it was back in the day. And so Moransky was like an 18-year-old freshman, and he sat down and he put down seven slabs of prime rib. It's like seven pounds, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently what happened was Bo Schembechler, the coach, as he was ready to move on, diving into number eight, Schembechler jumped in. He was outraged, saying, dude, what are you doing? Like, we, have, we, have, we, have a, we have a game coming up, okay? I don't need you keeling over. So if, if you were back in your college days at Oregon, and you were challenged. How many slices? Because I'm sure you've had Lowry's, right? You know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and, but how many how many slices of that huge prime rib do you think you could have downed? Well, remember they, they let you choose the the width of your steak there. Sure. So I, I'm assuming that they probably cut everyone's for those type of things about an inch thick, right? I imagine at, at, at least. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pro- big, it probably ends up being about slice. it probably ends up being about a, a pound of of meat if you cut it inch thick. Yeah. Um, in college. Probably three. Three. Two or three. I mean, Moransky got to seven. I used to eat. So when I got to school, I was like 350 as a freshman. Right. I lost a bunch of weight. I got to like 330 then in my freshman year and in my freshman season. I played as a true freshman a little bit. And then I ended up gaining 30 pounds that offseason. I just ate like crazy. And that I, that offseason, I could have I could have done it. Like I had a lot of food then, and then I lost a bunch of weight afterwards because I realized I was so fat. Um, and my my, my knees hurt, everything hurt. That's back before nutritionists. We didn't have someone telling us what to eat. I, I used to have two like of these of these wet burritos at night from this <laughs> right. place right by the dorms. Um, you know, you go out and have a a couple drinks and come back and have these two giant loaded wet burritos. Oh, it's just it's, it's mm. so gross. I. Thinking about now, that gives me a stomach ache. Like I, I <laughs> like tonight. I'm ha- we're having grilled chicken kebabs, like right. marinated chicken with vegetables, and and I'm gonna have you know two you know two kebabs and and some onions and peppers, and be very happy about my dinner tonight. It's you know <laughs> you know they just can't eat like that anymore, man. Mm. Uh, so Moransky's record uh, for consuming is 16 pounds. Ooh. A prime rib. He was in a contest with another freshman. You remember Bubba Paris, who also played in the NFL. They went back and forth. Uh, but uh, And by the way, apparently after uh, Paris begged out, he later had a pizza later that evening. So he was More. he was very, very hungry. But uh, 16 pounds More. of prime More. rib. More. Yeah, <laughs> don't these guys eat like – isn't like the whole team that eats like – 7,000 pounds of meat in one night. Isn't oh, something like outrageous? Crazy. Like not, well, well you know, course, the thing about it was back back in the 80s when I was working for the Raiders and we weren't conscious of, like, healthy consumption of food. It was just more like putting food down. I mean, we, I saw offensive linemen that would literally have a stack of French fries. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like a, a, a mountain of French fries and use that to fuel themselves for a game. The nutrition wasn't really yeah, big. Eat, I mean, burgers we, we, up the yin-yang, right? I mean, it was... We used to... So, the night before... So, when I was in the NFL earlier in my career, the night before games, we had uh, we had snack. It was about 9 o'clock, 9.30 at night. Mm-hmm. This is, mind you, the, the, you know, the game's next, the next day at, uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Right. 
And part of the snack, again, this is after you had dinner, so after meetings, it was pizza, burgers, wings, pasta, uh, and an ice cream sundae bar, and maybe some other gross stuff. That, <laughs> and I used to eat, you know, three slices of pizza, um, some pasta, some wings, like night before a game. I wake up in the morning and felt fine. I just would play. And then we got, you know, later in my career, everyone started going healthier, and we backed off a lot. The first time, actually, I was on a team, um, the first time we wanted to go healthier with, with, with that snack, they did not have chicken wings for that for that night. And there was, like, a revolt on the team, like a, like, like a, like a huge revolt. Like, mm. I, and it was pretty funny that the, the next week all our, our wings were back. And we all wanted wings. All of us wanted wings. Mm. Um, and it was, it was back. They were baked wings. They were baked wings uh, on the way on uh, moving forward. But it's so funny because, you know, we ate really poorly yeah. before games. And none of us felt the difference. Like, I didn't feel any different playing when I ate healthier before games. It was like part of the tradition of how we prepared. Yeah was eating a really bad meal Saturday night. Oh, I, I am telling you, back in the day, there was nothing healthy. Nothing. I mean, in fact, on our flights to the game, you know. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, atrocious. They're just a tro- burgers up the, I mean, you know, and, oh, man, all, all good stuff. By the way, I'm watching Iowa Sam through this entire conversation. You're a little envious, aren't you, Sam? You, you know, I'm getting a little hungry. You yeah. know in your heart you feel like I could be one of those guys. Like well, you, you, yeah. you. I mean, you had the two burritos yeah, the other day. You did see me crush those two burritos. Which, which, by the way, the only problem with eating those burritos wasn't that you consumed the burritos; it's that you had to continue to work because you needed right. a nap. And is I, what you really I got needed. very lethargic, but <laughs> I can put food away. Mm. I think I could challenge Rich Ornberger to some kind wow. of eating competition. Have you, have you've heard about some of Rich's eating challenges, Jeff? Have you? Not? I have not. No. Oh yeah, he has what we call the uh, what are they hidden menu items. On, oh, on various oh. fast food places, and then yeah, he, like, look in and out stuff like that. Yeah, yeah like things you have to have an insight, and then making that challenge. Didn't he have an eight stack burger the other day? What was that? <laughs> yeah, something like it that. it was an eight yeah. stack burger, right? Okay, all right. Uh, let's let's uh, let's find out what's trending right now, and let's bring on David Gascon, who, by the way, is a very healthy guy. Yeah, I mean, Sam, you need to have an intervention or something. Probably, you got a weight problem. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. You need to, Mm. you need to look at Ryan Bershinger and emulate him. Yeah. Well, if I had his metabolism, then yeah, things would be different. Bershinger is like one of those dudes that you you don't know what he looks like when he's on radio, and you're always Mm. curious. Mm -hmm. And then you see him, and you're like, "There's no way those deep ass pipes match that person." No. No. It's always surprising. That's the one thing about radio. You find over the years, if you've never seen somebody, yeah. social media is different now. But for years, back in the old days, believe me, these radio people were anonymous. Yeah. Like uh, when I, I first met Hacksaw, yeah. oh, I was like, wait no, a minute, you're that small. <laughs> you're that small. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't even get me started. Redondo Beach. Right. <laughs> Where are you at? Yeah. Show me your lightning bolts. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had the big voice and I then love, like you uh, say. It's, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, so, what about your eating? What what kind of eating challenge would you engage in, David, with your healthy cuisine? <sighs> French fries for sure. French fries for sure. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Got to do steak. Mm-hmm. Um, brisket. Brisket. Interesting. Yeah. How many pounds of brisket do you think you could eat in I don't, one sitting? It's a good question. I could put a tomahawk away like no other. Though. Okay. All right. That's mm-hmm. like two and a half pounds. That's solid. Yeah. That's solid. Um. Brisket, I don't know. Like a slab is good. 
So this Ed Moransky did 16 pounds of prime rib. Okay. That would be painful, Here, Here's the thing, though. Yeah. If it's marinated properly, mm. then it makes whatever you're eating yeah. that much more enjoyable. Mm. If it's just dry. Well, don't grill it, according to that guy from a Business Insider. <laughs> just don't grill anything anymore. <laughs> That's right. Behind yeah. a paywall, too. I couldn't read the article, but it looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I... That's a good question. I, I don't know, I, mm. but I'm not more of like. There's a lot of people that need those sides yeah. on on the Fourth of July. Mm. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm more like yeah, hamburger, hot dog, yeah. beer, liquor. That's that's it. I'm good with the sides. Right. Are you, do you have a big uh, feast for tomorrow for Fourth of July? I don't know. I'm stuck here with you, all right? Oh no, that's I'm, right. I'm doing something else. But okay. uh, all right, I, I got to figure out how to celebrate your birthday. You know, there's three people I know mm. that have your birthday. Four people. Really? I have an yeah. old roommate, my uncle, and an ex-girlfriend. Really? Yeah. Well, I actually had a girlfriend who also was born on the 4th of July back you, in college. Do you still talk to her? I have not talked to her in years. She was, a year, she was 20 when I was 19. Wow. But we celebrated her birthday. Well, the best thing I know about that is that you have aged better than her. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I still watch I you. Because the gym I work out at yeah. is a Laker apologist gym. Mm-hmm. And so Spectrum always has you on my damn TV yes. while I'm working out. And I'm like, that guy has not aged in the last 15 years. Mm. How that. do I do that? It's the vampire blood in me. You know that. I, I guess. talked about that. Your, your, your eating habits are much better than I was, Sam's. <laughs> yes. Just... Yeah, it's called portion control. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. I'll eat the first burrito, but the second one, no, pass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Guys, uh, Major League Baseball, end of eight in New York. Yankees getting clubbed by the Mets, eight to three. Rays and Blue Jays locked up at one apiece. That game right now is in the top of the sixth inning. Brewers and Pirates underway. Milwaukee leading three nothing in the bottom of the first. San Diego and Philadelphia, a weather delay on FS1, so you can't go there just yet. White Sox, two nothing over the Tigers. On the pitch right now, England has opened things up over Ukraine. 4 nothing is a score. Harry Kane has scored in this match. Earlier today, Czech Republic got dumped by Denmark. 2-1 was the final. Back to you guys. All right, David. Thank you very much. Uh, it was announced this week, the 20th anniversary season of Hard Knocks, that the Dallas Cowboys will be the first NFL team ever to be featured for a third time. I have a lot of questions for you about Hard Knocks. By the way, is it is it a series that you've watched over the years, Jeff, Hard Knocks? I've watched every second of every Hard Knocks. Mm. And all this, this you know, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the uh, Amazon series, uh, All or Nothing, I think it's called. Right, right, I, right, I consume yeah. it all. Okay, so... And um, so when you when you've watched Hard Knocks over the years, having obviously played in the National Football League, because, again, from the very beginning, the idea of Hard Knocks was we're going to get you inside. We're going to we're going to show you what things are like in training camp that we've never seen before. And there's certainly have been instances and storylines that have caught, you know, the captivation of, of certain Americans that are totally invested in this show. Uh, much of it really is much about nothing. But when when you watch Hard Knocks, based on your own experience in the National Football League, how accurate is it when we are sold the idea that what you're seeing is really what happens behind the scenes in NFL training camps? Um, I mean, I, I think that – okay, so – this is the 20th season, as you mentioned. Yeah. Go back and watch the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Like the Ravens season, the first one, you could air now. It's like too politically incorrect. There's jokes that are so inappropriate. That felt way more normal, right? The first couple of seasons. Right. 
as these have gotten more produced. And remember, it's on HBO, but it's produced by NFL Films. And, and the NFL and the, and the teams have the final say on what makes it into Hard Knocks. So a lot of it's not going to be the juicy details. A lot of it's going to be very benign interactions. Um, I think the coaching decisions that we see are actually what ha- you know it's their, it's their process, right? I don't think they're making up the process. I think you know being cut is very accurate. I mean, the camera's in there anyway, so like it's very accurate, right? Um, you know, but the locker room interactions. I mean, I, I knew I had someone that I knew with the Panthers, and they did all or nothing. The pan the the Amazon series was in uh, Carolina, and he said basically he would retire if they put a camera in the offensive line room. Like, they had one camera in that series in one room. If you ever go back and watch it, they're all, whenever they go there, it's like Cam and Luke Keekley and whatnot, they're all in the same room. They put one camera in one room, and then obviously had cameras at practice and, and during games. So you're not really getting very much of the interaction between players. Um, and the one thing I do not like about these shows, it's, it's my own personal pet peeve. I'm not sure, Steve, that you even noticed this, but my weirdo, I know this. Like, Last Chance You as well has the same problem, even some of these shows about sports. It's when things are out of order during games. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yes. if they yeah. say, yeah. like, like it's first and 10, you know, and it's a running play, and then you and you look at the screen, and it's like, clearly the game started, you know, first quarter, and it's, uh, you know, first quarter is a first quarter pass. And you know the game started during the day, mm-hmm. but then it's nighttime. You're like, that's not the first quarter. That's not the first quarter pass. Like, the, you, you, and, and like, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, when they just don't, when they don't, you can tell mm. they haven't lined up the plays with the narration. Right. Well, you know, and a and lot of times. it bothers time, me to no end. Th- this is the, uh, the the little precursor. A lot of sports movies will always see it's, it's based on a real story. And you find out that basically everything you just watch and which almost seems to be like a documentary, none of it is actually true. Um, they do take a lot of liberties. I, I will say this, that for the most part in the beginning, like you said, when it was first out, there was a novel idea. And having had my own experience around an NFL training camp, you know, I was just curious, like, what are they actually going to show? I guess what really sort of got me going, though, is that they always seem to feature these players they're going to get caught. I mean, that that seemed like their ammo from the get go. We're gonna we're gonna find some obscure free agent rookie and sort of follow their path to see if they can make the team. Where I'm like, I'd I'd, I'd be well, more interested in you know like this year with the Cowboys. I'm I'm interested in Dak. I'm interested in a, a few guys out there that you know is he going to come back from injury as opposed to some guy that by the time we get to the end of the show he's not even on the team. Why why did yeah, we waste that- the whole season on that? Well, I think we like. I think people like to, you know, root for underdogs and, and like to feel like they're invested in someone's life, and that's I mean why they do that, right? Because I think it's pretty boring in general to be like, well, here are the eleven starters. Let's just focus on them. Plus, here's here's the truth, man. A lot of these guys don't want to be profiled. Like if you look at the the one the the Ravens one from two thousand one, yeah. like Jonathan Ogden is a Hall of Fame left tackle. Yes, I'm not even sure they mentioned his name in the show. No, I, there was another one. Um, Did they do was, much on Ray Lewis in 2001? Like th- these, these, like these guys, the veterans, they don't want to be on this show, and so they're not going to show them. So they're going to show the young guys who are personable and have great stories and may or may not make the team. They're not going to show the veterans who, um, who uh, uh, you know, are already on the team and, and their stories. Not. Now the Cowboys are interesting because 
We saw Hard Knocks last year. It was rough, right? Chargers, Rams. Chargers, pretty boring. Uh, Rams, not that exciting last season. And the Hard Knocks, obviously a hard year with COVID, right? We understand that. Um, They need to kind of boost the show back up. And who better to do that than Jerry Jones? Mm -hmm. And just Jerry Jones blabbing away and being the center of attention and just being talkative. And then we have the Dak Dak Prescott, right? Dak Prescott come back from injury. But I think a bigger story here is that Look around the NFC. Tampa Bay returns everyone. It's unprecedented. Um, they're going to be good. But right now, Green Bay, and I think Rodgers plays, but right now, they don't have Jordan Love at their quarterback. The Niners, who we all, I, I like, I don't know if we all like, but, you know, they, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, eh, who knows, right? Look at the, you know, the, the Falcons or the, the Saints, right? New, new quarterback situation there as well. Seattle, you know, a little talent efficient, I think, but still has a chance to be decent. The Rams, what, what is Matt Stafford? Is there some defensive regression? And then you have the Cowboys, who are by far the best quarterback in the NFC East. I know the Giants fans hope that, that Daniel Jones is better. Maybe he is, but I think he's better than Dak. A returning offensive line that's healthy. Maybe the three best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, defensively. They upgraded through the draft. I'm a little skeptical of Dan Quinn as a DC. He wasn't very good as the head coach of, of the Falcons. Um, but if they're just like 15th on defense this year in efficiency, that'll be enough. They have a good chance to to, 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 to win the NFC East, by the way, and also go far in the playoffs. Like, I think that could be part of the story as well, is that, hey, guys, this team actually might have a chance to, to do things this season. Well, first of all, winning the NFC East wouldn't be much because last year was the worst division in the history of the yeah, NFL. I, I think this year will be better. It'd be better. Really? You think the Eagles are going to be great with no, Jalen Hurts? They're going to be awful. But awful. the Giants, Giants? I, the Giants had a uh, – yeah. Gi- look, it's all about Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. But look, better is eight wins, right, not six wins. How about the Washington um, football team you sold? You know, so I, I really like what they did this offseason with, with the additions they had. Mm-hmm. Um I just I worry about Fitz kind of being the guy. I just I feel like in his career he's had good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Yeah. And if you're relying on Fitz to yeah. be your guy, you I'm know just what? Not Usually, sure. if you look over his career, it's when you think he's done that all of a sudden he looks good, and then when all of a sudden you put him in position Correct. to succeed, it's like Nick Foles. Nick Foles has had <laughs> the same career where you know out of nowhere he's a Super Bowl MVP. Then you give him a job somewhere else, and it's like. What happened to the guy we saw in the Super Bowl? What happened to that guy? Uh, all right. On the other side, we always go through this show so quickly, but this is where we set aside time for Jeff to allow you to use his expertise as far as wagering on sports. What are his best bets on this 4th of July weekend? We're going to find out coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. I want to thank the guys today. Iowa Sam. Don't, don't listen to Gascon. You're just fine. All right? I'm an apple on a stick, as they say. <laughs> I have very lean legs Lean I do legs. a lot of walking. There it is. Uh, David Gascon might take exception to that. He looks like a pear. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Pear-shaped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shape. You guys are unbelievable. And then, of course, there's Ryan, our producer. In, in for us. Now, normally Ryan handles our Sunday show, but Ryan, it was nice to have you uh, double duty this weekend. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Steve. Thank you very much. Steve, he has a scathing podcast destroying the Dodgers and Pre- Trevor Bauer, by the way. Really? Uh, are, yeah. are you with me on this Bauer thing, or how do you feel, Ryan? I'm very mad about it. Yeah. Very mad. Yeah. He's an idiot. <laughs> I, I tell you, he's not the smartest guy in the room, and it's embarrassing because he went to UCLA. Uh, I'm a little bit That's embarrassed right. by that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would put yourself out there in that kind of when – you, when you have all that money coming in. I mean, there's – there's got to be other ways to, you know, I know, kill some time. So, anyway. Oh, oh by the way, quickly, before we get to your uh, picks here, the Reggie Bush situation. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I, I've said this all along as a, as a, as a Heisman voter, and I, I've talked to a number of former Heisman winners ever since the Heisman was taken away from Reggie. I asked Barry Sanders one time. I uh, had him on the show, and I said, you know, let, let's say you're all hanging out at that Heisman house, right? Yeah. And I say, uh, there's a knock at the door, and it's Reggie Bush. Do you let him in? And he says, look, it, I can speak for every Heisman winner that I know. He is and will always be a member of our fraternity. Always. He won the Heisman Trophy. The, the Heisman winners, if they were to vote on it, they would be like, yeah, yeah he's, he's one of us. Uh, but the idea, and I know what the Heisman Trust said. They said, look, it's not. It's out of our hands. The reason we he stripped him of the uh, trophy is that his season is off the record. There is no yeah. 2005 Reggie Bush season, according to the NCAA. So unless they reinstate his numbers, they also said if they do, way we'll welcome him back to yeah. the family. Um, but that's unlikely to happen. Um, it's unlikely to happen. So here's why the Reggie Bush, in my opinion, is a little different than um, what we're seeing with this idea of uh, basically relitigating all these old cases of players that got suspended or whatnot because of uh, name as you like this issues. You really can't do that, right? Like you can't go back and give Des Bryant his season back, right? You're already right. playing the NFL. You can't calculate how much money he lost, but you can very simply say Reggie Bush. We saw him play in 2005. I played against Reggie Bush that season. Mm-hmm. We saw I went back and watched the YouTube video. If you're if you're not driving, don't do this if you're driving. Go back and search Reggie Bush 
Fresno State. Mm-hmm. 500 yards of offense yeah. that night. Unbelievable. He should get his Heisman back. This is separate of really the infractions. Yeah, the Heisman has nothing to do with the infraction. Now, your point is obviously right that they took it away because the season technically didn't happen. But also, this wasn't like he got a benefit to go to USC, right? It was a marketing firm, a marketing agent, whoever you want to say, that gave his parents money. And nothing to do with USC. Now, at the time, those were the rules. I get that. But I feel like this is a great way to signal names like this is happening. We're going to do this for Reggie Bush. It doesn't mean that everyone's case gets relitigated. Just one thing to do that we all agree upon that Reggie had that season. He was great at it. He deserves the Heisman. Here's your Heisman back, buddy. You know, welcome back. And I know that the the 10-year ban is over. He's been welcome back to USC anyways. But this kind of just lets everyone know this is a new era of college sports, which means uh, they won't do it. An interesting side note. So he was banned from USC for 10 years. Uh, The College Football Hall of Fame, these individual schools enter names and the committee decides which guys end up on the ballot. He's on the ballot for the first time because USC for the first time actually entered his name. He should should win. if he makes the College Football Hall of Fame – then how can he be denied of the Heisman Trophy? So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think that he I, – I eventually I think something will come of this. I really do. All right, quickly, who do you like tonight? Give us a pick in this I, game. I took Hawks minus one when the line first came out um, last two nights ago. I also like uh, on Monday, it's Monday, Tampa Bay Lightning over three goals. They've had five, three, and six, I think, in the three right. games against Canadians. I go over three goals and close out game four. I think they win this game and end and, and the series in four. All right, quickly, if it goes game seven, Milwaukee, Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta. Going with Atlanta. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.